Hello, and welcome once again to the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast, where we are casting gods out, broadcasting our doubt, and casting about for answers to difficult questions. Tonight on the show, we are continuing our series of interviews with Free OK Speakers, featuring Zach Coughlin. He's a science advocate from Louisiana. He's been fighting their creationism law with the help of scores of Nobel laureates, and he's been pushing back against voucher programs in schools. His work has been covered nationally, including on MSNBC, Bill Moyers, Bill Maher, and internationally in The Guardian and Vogue. And he's just a pretty cool guy, and it's really amazing how much he's accomplished at his uh, at his young age. So, Zach, it's really great to have you here tonight. I, I guess we should start off by asking you, uh, what what the hell, man? You started out, you were like a junior in high school, is that right? I was a senior in high school. Yeah. Oh, okay. and. Yeah, but Louisiana's creationism law passed when I was actually a sophomore back in 2008. What took you so long? I don't know. I thought an adult would be the one to stand up and fix everything, and <laughs> I waited a year. No adult stood up. I waited two years. No adult stood up, and I finally realized, hey, maybe no adult is going to stand up, and it's going to have to be me. So what did, what did that entail for you? For me, I've always been a really shy kid. I grew up really shy, and when I was younger, I I really struggled even sending emails to strangers, for example, or talk on the phone with strangers. The girls, you mean? No, right. Right. <laughs> any, any, not, not just girls, anyone. I mean, he's trying to relate it to his own experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's true. But it's, it's more like, hey, I, I see someone. My parents have a friend over, and I have trouble looking him in the eye when I talk to him. Oh. That kind of shy. Wow. So, it 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 was it was that for me. And the first step was really I just sent an email to Doctor. I managed to get the courage to work up to send an email to Doctor Barbara Forrest. Mm-hmm. who's internationally recognized as probably the foremost expert on creationism. And luckily for me, she lives 25 minutes away in Louisiana, in Livingston Parish, huh. a local hobby creationism. So I got the courage up to send her an email and started working on this repeal campaign and sort of left before, like, left before I really looked and knew what I was getting myself into. Yeah. And once I began, I realized I could do this. It wasn't that hard, and it's really something that needed to be fought. If it wasn't for the leapers, man, nothing would ever get done. That's right. Everybody would be standing around considering the the pros and cons of getting shit done. Yeah, because you would, if you sat there and thought about it, sure you would reconsider because it's yeah. a scary thing to go up against such a such a system like that. Yeah, and you you honestly don't know what it entails at first, but it's it's something that I mean, I just thought for me when I started, this was a simple. Well, I'm just, I just—I know I'm right. This law is bad. It should be repealed. And I'll just go tell the legislators that, and they'll all see see that it's right and repeal the law. And that's <laughs> that's sort of how I thought it would be. I mean, I, I I always knew I knew it would never. Be, I never knew it wasn't that simple, but I never really worked through the process that these legislators might not, despite knowing what the right thing was, might not always do the right thing. And I, I never really worked through because. I mean, I don't operate on a system where I, I say, this is right, I'm going to do it. And uh, that's that's always been the way I've worked. And so I, I didn't think that other people might not work on that same system as I did at so, first. So we should probably back up and ask, you know, substantively, what was this law designed to do? So this law is the Louisiana Science Education Act. It's a creationism law. And it's written very cleverly. And instead of being a creationism law like we've seen in the past 30 years, mm-hmm. where it mandates creationism or intelligent design creationism, instead this one just allows – it's a loophole. It allows quote-unquote critiques 
of uh, controversial, po- politically controversial science, not scientifically controversial science, oh. including evolution and climate change. So the scientists all agree on this. 99% of the scientists and all the evidence back these established theories, but they're politically controversial, especially to Louisiana legislators. You can critique these and sort of bring in supplemental materials to discuss like alternate theories. Now, there really aren't any alternate theories. There's no real critiques of these the- like threats to evolution that need to be brought in public school science classes. And we really know what it's for because the sponsor of the bill, Senator Ben Nevers, said it was for creationism. Governor Bobby Jindal, who signed the bill recently on NBC News, said it was for creationism. And the school boards that have been trying to use it or have been discussing this law have said it's about creationism. So we really know it's just a loophole to see creationism in the classroom. And the reason it's had to be written cleverly and made a loophole rather than just blatantly putting out is because creationism and intelligent design have both lost in court and are both unconstitutional. And so now the creationists have to have had to evolve and be clever to sneak it in. Are you talking about like a Dover? When you say they've lost. Yeah. That was the most recent major loss. Yeah. 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 So, so first it was just, they try to just teach creationism and they got that shot down. And then they're like, well, now we'll teach intelligent design, which is kind of a sexed up sciencey creationism. And then they got that shot down. And now it's, well, we can critique and teach the controversies, the new mantra. Yeah, teach the controversy, teach the alternate theories, teach all the science is what they say. Or teach more Darwin is one we hear because Darwin included apparently three chapters of criticism in his book, so we should teach the criticism. Now that kind of misses the point that first Darwin refuted all the criticism he made when he wrote it. He wrote the criticism and refuted it like a good scientist. Secondly, that was 150 years ago. We've certainly learned a lot more about evolution than whatever criticism was included in the origin of species. Right. So that that's the kind of stuff here, though, is it's all about criticizing. Now, when we actually look at who these people are who want this law, they're all the religious right organizations, the Louisiana Family Forum, which is our affiliate of Focus on the Family. They're a religious right organization, and they push this law on the ground. Or the Discovery Institute, which is a national group. It's an intelligent design creationism think tank, and they're responsible for drafting this type of legislation. Or on the ground. This year we saw a creationist um, homeschool teacher come in and testify along with some of her students. And so she, first she's homes, a homeschool teacher and her students were homeschooled. They have nothing to do with this law because it's about public schools. Right. But she came in and explained uh, that like, the, she, she was claiming this law wasn't about creationism. Interestingly enough, uh, she gave me a business card a few years ago and her website is creationevidence.info. So if some of y'all <laughs> want to go check it out. She features the Louisiana Science Education Act on her website. She also discusses how dragons were real and are supported by the Bible. Well, so this is, this is the kind of stuff that's promoted by this law. Is that the uh, next thing on her legislative agenda uh, to get through? Teach the controversy. Teach the controversy. Dragons. Yes. <laughs> there have been dragons. Dragons were real. People wrote on dinosaurs. Noah's Ark created. The Noah's flood created the fossils. That kind of stuff. All right. Hmm. Yeah, it's a few steps backward. That makes Bill Dembski look really sophisticated. <laughs> hey, you were you're talking about how uh, you know Darwin's already discussed a lot of the disputations that people have today, uh, disagreements people have today with uh, with uh, evolution. Like, why don't they ever actually address things that he got wrong? Like, he wasn't that correct about uh, he didn't actually know how he passed on genes. He just knew it worked. But they well, yeah, just yeah. They, they don't discuss it. We're like, well, yeah, because science eventually gets to that point. We we figure it out. Well, I, I, yeah. I don't you have to teach people what's what's our best theory first, and then I don't know. I mean, do you think science should be taught like 
in a historical progression, or should we just kind of give people the best going theory first? Because probably mm. I, 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 know. I, I, I would love pretty... to take a historical approach. I mean, to, yeah. if a kid was, had all the time in the world, you know, learn science from the from from the ground up, like, well, what did Darwin think it was, and what did Mendel add to it, and then just keep going forward. But I'm pretty sure you'd have to be getting a PhD in the history of science to have the time to cover all that. Yeah. Yeah, that could, I mean, although you hear, I mean, you do hear a lot of interesting stuff from the creationists, on the other hand. So they like to include, uh, for example, cosmological evolution. They try and bridge that, bring that into evolution. And so sure. I, don't even th- I don't even think they're on the level of trying to, like, sneak into, I mean, maybe the Discovery Institute is. The Discovery Institute likes to miss you. They, they they find the press release about science and try and quote mine it and misuse it, but right. the people we see on the ground often aren't that sophisticated about this. Why do you suppose they're trying to broaden the the term evolution out to be, you know, like there's all, there's cosmological evolution and geological evolution and all? Why are they why are they trying to make the term so broad? How does that help them? Because I, I'm not actually it, I just, honestly I just feel like it helps them confuse the issue more. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah and, right. and I think they think it helps them. Feel like they're scientists too. Uh-huh. They, they 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 like they like to talk about. For example, one of the quotes we heard once. My my favorite one is science. The scientists don't know about. So it, I think it helps build that aura. Is it kind of like when that guy talks about quantum? You just use quantum all the just time. Just throw in the word quantum. Yeah, and people will look at, <laughs> you know what you're talking yeah. about. So the the one thing, for example, the more sophisticated creationists, though the Discovery Institute types, will. The the big so you see again like the crazy kind of cosmological evolution stuff that gets brought in, which has nothing to actually do with the biological theory of evolution. I don't know why it's ever brought into discussions about biology. Yeah. But then you see the more sophisticated ones go micro macro evolution, and they claim that for example, even though we can observe changes in a fruit fly or an E. coli, we can't see changes. We can't see, for example, the common ancestor of a human and a monkey, and we can't. We can't see these broad changes, and it doesn't happen. Kind of, did you see? I mean, I assume you all saw the recent creationist test about that went viral the other day about um, were you there when the dinosaurs were there, right? Yes, I have. It's yeah. sort of it's sort of that approach. They have the were you there? Were you, were you there when these things like as we've adapted? And they and they like to try and separate that out, and that's their more sophisticated approach. And these people are really confident that Jesus rose from the grave. Yeah, like were you there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, who was who is, who is there? Who was watching this? Sorry. It's, it's also, weird. it's like, the other thing is that logic, it's like, we, okay, they want to break it micro macro evolution. It's like, if I can walk a mile, there's nothing as long as I'm physically able to walk 20 miles. But like, and so it's like, and you don't have to see me yeah. walk 20 miles to say, okay, well, he has like the legs that will allow him to do that. <laughs> like you, you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to know what, like, you don't, it doesn't actually need to be that we can under, we can figure that out. Same with we see these fossils, we see where they are on the rock layers. We we like we can walk, we can look at the genes, we can see change happening in the fruit flies and the E. coli and everything else. We don't need to be we we can't live four billion years. We don't. But the thing is, we can still figure it out without having lived that time. Well, that's what I was gonna say is that the problem is Zach is that you foolishly believe that the Earth is billions of years old. Oh yeah, there it is. So billions. There's not enough time for these generations to pass for these changes to. To, you know, come to fruition. That's, that's true. If I only, if only I realized the Earth was six thousand years old, that yeah. would also solve our. See, that would also solve the climate change problem, right? Because there'd be no, uh, ice core samples wouldn't matter. Radiocarbon, like, we, all the all the old samples of uh, carbon in our atmosphere wouldn't matter because the Earth is only six thousand years old too. 
Obviously. Sad, sadly, that's not real. Sadly, it's 4.5 billion years. And I, I don't know about you, but I trust the scientists on there. Mm. And so that, that's I, – I, I tend to trust the people who have given me computers and cell phones and modern medicine. Those are scientists? <laughs> well, at some uh, point. <laughs> modern medicine wouldn't be shit if it wasn't for the epidemiologists. Oh, I'm sorry. okay. Just putting a plug in there. We have a local AU chapter here in Oklahoma. Do, do you? You said that it's been around. That this law had been around for a while before you mm-hmm. spoke up. It, it, do you know of a local chapter in, in your uh, area? Of Americans United? Yeah, of Americans United. Yeah, we have a local chapter in Louisiana, and I've worked very closely with the national office fighting this kind of legislation. Excellent. And yeah, the AU is great. And the question I assume y'all are going with um, with the AU is. Probably about a court case because that's generally where it goes after this. Yeah. Um, and the thing about a court case is the way this law has been constructed is made it extremely hard to audit. We know what's happening hmm. on a macro. We know what's happening on a macro sense with this law. We know the governor came straight out and said it was for creationism. Hmm. The uh, the man who sponsored the bill, Senator ne- Ben Nevers, he sponsored this law. Said it was for. Cre- he said the Louisiana Family Forum asked him to do it, the, the creationist group mentioned earlier, and they wanted the law so creation could be discussed wherever Darwin theory is discussed. It said straight out exactly what it was for. Livingston Parish School Board discussed using this law. Said, they said it was for, quote, critical thinking and creationism. And they had a long talk about putting – we need someone to go teach creationism in the classroom. They even said our students are behaving badly, and this is why we need creationism. <laughs> um, Tangipo- yeah, Tangipahoa Parish. Yeah, seriously. They think of themselves as like overgrown monkeys, so they start throwing well, shit hey. around, or what? <laughs> What's the theory? So there? I'll, I'll I'll actually tell you a story about another reason they think evolution's bad. Um, but essentially that kind of thing. But um, but so another another place, Tangipahoa Parish. I'll, I'll get to that story in a few minutes. So right, I'll right. finish with I'll finish with the what we know is happening. Tangipahoa Parish in Louisiana has discussed teaching creationism with this law. We know, we know there's specific creationist textbook supplemental material kind of stuff that's creationist that's being sent around the state, but we don't, I mean, we don't know what's happening in individual schools. Mm. And so we need, we need a student to have his rights violated, know his rights have been violated, be brave enough to stand up, and then know to contact me, to contact the AU. Someone, we need to have stu- a bunch of students like this brave enough to stand up and come out and fight this law. And that's just a really, really high bar. Um, and the thing is, I'm, I can't audit all the schools. Like, I would love to be in all these classrooms, but I can't be in them. And it was something the state legislator, legislature attacked us over this year, which is we don't have any schools. We don't have any evidence from inside the classroom. The thing is, that's their job to figure out. They're the ones who are supposed to be investigating this. They yeah. know it's a bad law loophole. They know it's for creationism. That's their job, not my job. The thing is, they're, they're making it my job, apparently, to figure out what's happening in every classroom inside Louisiana. And so honestly... You know what? I can send some public records requests, and it can, and there, I mean, there, there's no court case right now. But if the, but the Louisiana legislator is basically saying we want a student to have his rights violated, and we want him to sue us before we repeal this law. And you know, I think that's a really, really bad policy to say until we're sued after violating people's rights. Yeah. That that that's that's the only time we'll change. Until we can suck up all of the. Uh... Yeah. The public money in fighting a court case. Right. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're not going to get instead, in. In, instead of funding, yeah. Instead of funding our science classes with all the public money meant for schools, we'll have a court case, right? 
Well, at least it yeah. goes to ACLU lawyers. I mean, I'm okay, okay yeah, with that. Or AU. Had the pockets of the AU lawyers. One of the organizations I support is going to be enriched by this law, by this lawsuit. <laughs> the thing, though, is on your story about why they think it might be bad. So yeah. we also have – so in Louisiana, we have this creationism law. We also now, for the third year in a row, have had this bill to throw out all our biology books. And that's because – Back in 2010, we actually won the battle over biology books and approved really good science textbooks for Louisiana. Yeah. And one of the committees included two legislators. These were the two legislators who sponsored the Louisiana Science Education Act. So one, one of them was Senator Ben Nevers, who I've mentioned a few times saying this law is for creationism. Yeah. Um, another of them was uh, Representative Frank Hoffman. And so Senator Nevers and Senator Hoffman tried to kill these books, voted against them, and they lost. And so Senator Hoffman wasn't really happy with the result. And now, for the past three years, our, after our State Board of Education adopted these books, he's been sponsoring this bill to take away all power from our State Board of Education to choose textbooks because, hey, they didn't choose the books he liked, so why give them the power to choose books at all? And yeah. so, so, that, so he's been sponsoring this bill. It just passed out of our State House, 70 to 22. We're hoping we can kill it in the Senate. Um, we killed it, we've killed it the last two years. But in these initial hearings... One of the founders of the Louisiana Family Forum, this creation group, creationist group I mentioned, made one of the most surreal moments of my life. He was arguing against the textbooks because they taught evolution. And he, he pulled out this shirt and it said, natural selection on it. And he went, this is the shirt that Dylan Klebo wore when he shot up all those kids at Columbine. Holy <laughs> shit. Whoa. And, wow. And, and that was his argument against the textbooks was that. I, 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 at least as I understand it from yeah. what he was saying, evolution will cause Columbine. If we teach evolution in our schools, it will cause mass murder. And so... <laughs> it's a simple that, logical problem. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like how the Christian, the, Christian cross is the symbol that Constantine's soldiers wore yeah. and they went tearing their way through Europe. So, <laughs> you know, Christianity's a form of genocide. It all makes perfect sense. <laughs> but the, the thing, though, the thing that's really scary is this guy, this isn't just, like... This isn't a random person who just showed up to testify at one of these meetings. This is the founder of the most powerful lobbying group in Louisiana, the Louisiana Family Forum. They are the most powerful lobbying group in the state, and he helped found this group. And so this is what's, this is what's actually being taken as we won that battle, but our state legislator keeps voting against us. And this is kind of like – this argument has at least we, – we are making progress in Louisiana. We're making progress, which is a good point, but yes. this argument at least has the upper hand right now. That evolution will cause we, that we should be teaching evolution, basically, and it's really scary. We face very similar legal challenges here in Oklahoma, but I'd yeah. like to ask a little bit about your your personal life. You mentioned earlier that it's hard to find a, a student who has the courage to stand up against these things. What um, what has uh, taken a certain amount of courage in your life as as you're, you know, you you got a certain amount of notoriety for standing up against uh, creationism. Has is that uh, have you gotten a lot of shit for that, or what? How's it has it been for you? So, I when I started, I, it was it's never really been a bravery issue for me. It I never thought it through like that. I just said <laughs> this this law this law is wrong. It's this is absurd. We shouldn't have this on the books. And that's all I that's all I need to know. I just said it was wrong. And so, I, I and then I, I stood up on that point, and I got myself into the thick of it, and. At first, I had a relatively easy landing ground. No one really went after me in the beginning. Hmm. And the point, where, the point where that changed was when I realized – so I, we've gathered now 78 Nobel laureates to support our campaign to repeal this law. That's right. Which, 
which I'll mention one Louisiana legislator uh, didn't really care about these Nobel laureates and she called them with she called them just a bunch of people with let, little letters behind their names that she was tired of hearing from. So <laughs> a PhD. Uh, the... <laughs> yeah, the great greatest scientists in the world pretty much solely like they're responsible for most of like the computer I'm using today kind of stuff like the technology that we have today everything our way of life is based on they they were the ones who made the discoveries but they're just people with little letters behind their names luckily she is no longer in office she left office um a- after that year mm-hmm. but so but this is the turning point for me was I I we I gathered the support about 40 Nobel laureates and I realized Michelle Bachman at one point had said that hundreds and hundreds of scientists, many of them Nobel laureates, believe in intelligent design. And, so, and she was using this as a specific argument to support trying to push a creationism law like we had in Louisiana in Minnesota. Yeah. And this was back when she was a legislator in Minnesota. And I, I saw that video. I said, wait a second. She's pushing creationism like in our state, and she's basing it on Nobel laureates. So – I have Nobel. I have forty Nobel laureates who stood up against the literally the exact same type of legislation she was sponsoring. I should actually, and she says she has hundreds and hundreds. Let me let's see if she can match my Nobel laureates. And I I publicly called for her to do that, and she she's been asked a few times. She came to New Orleans. She came to New Orleans once. She got asked while she was in New Orleans. She couldn't give us an answer. She didn't give us a single Nobel laureate. But uh, but after I did that, that was big news. And suddenly that's when uh. That's when people started getting angry at me, um, no, and so I had people. I could, yeah, that's the, yeah. that's the, over the line. There, so that. apparently, <laughs> my 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 favorite one was someone blamed me for Hurricane Katrina. I I, don't, I thought that was rather <laughs> wow entertaining. It, it it's it's especially entertaining because it's like okay, I remember Katrina. It was hor- it was horrible. It was I'm sorry. It, it it's it's one of those it's one of those things that were just you remember forever. But the thing is. It was three years before this law was passed, and there was another three years between then, basically, about two and a half, three years between when the law was passed and when uh, when I got involved with fighting the creationism law. So the time frame really, really doesn't add up, because why would how if Hurricane Katrina was a warning against me, how was I supposed to understand it was a warning about a law that hadn't even passed yet? Well, I think you're going to put this the wrong way. You know, maybe Katrina was all about you. God was just trying to. Mm-hmm. Get to you was, before going you, for you challenge personally. the law. Yeah, and he missed. Right, because God yeah. has notoriously bad aim. He, he's no Thor. <laughs> yeah. He uses a shotgun instead of a sniper rifle. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not sure. I, do you? I'm not sure if you read Hemet Meta's blog, but he recently covered a story here in Modro, Oklahoma, where a young kid, a Gage, a Pulliam, yeah, he. Uh, he stood up against his school district that had Ten Commandments plaques posted on uh, hanging cla- hanging in a classroom, and uh, we haven't been able to really speak to him yet. But I I just I wonder what what it's like being in a small town like that. And, and what advice would you give him given given the kind of backlash that he's getting? I know yeah. he's getting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see the example. So here's the example. It's on a different issue for me, but on the type of backlash some of these students might face if they stood up against creationism. Is uh, I'm sure you all know about Damon Fowler, and yeah. Damon, it, it, it's a different issue for me. But he stood up against a school prayer anonymously. His principal managed to work out who he was, released his name. He he found he got home from school, found his parents had thrown all the stuff outside his house, and he needed p- police protection at his own graduation. And so that's the thing is, 
in a lot of these in some of these places in Louisiana, that might be what up you're, what you're up against. You can find yourself kicked out. You can find yourself like really threatened, and that's actually really scary. And so, for a lot of these students, it just might not be worth it if they even realize if they even realize their rights are being violated. Because you have to remember, these are all just kids. I mean, and if you're told by a teacher who you probably you look up to or is an authority figure, and you say, well, and they say, well, hey, there's this evolution. But we don't really take that as legitimate. We're going to teach creationism in the classroom and, because evolution is not really science. And they don't have any scientists or anyone else saying, well, that's actually not right. This is, you shouldn't be teaching this and, this is, and they're actually wrong. Evolution is science. If you don't, even have, if you don't have that, then it's, it's, a really, it's really hard to find someone who knows, what, like, knows what's going wrong and is willing to stand up. Mm. Yeah, it helps be uh, particularly eloquent too, like you are. Yeah. Uh, we saw you on Bill Maher, and you did a great <laughs> job. How, how was that? It was a it was a unique experience. I mean, it's just it. I I've always I don't know how to explain it because it's very different than any other kind of interview I've ever done. It's just it it, it was a lot of fun. You had to be fast on your feet, is what I learned. But yeah, right. It went well. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't imagine. Was that where that was that the one where that guy was debating about the uh, the value of, of investment in of science? Yeah. So yeah, that that was fun. So Stephen Moore, who's a Wall Street Journal economist, was trying to argue that we shouldn't be funding uh, research on snail mating habits. And so I didn't really know anything about the study at the time. Since then, I've talked to the scientists doing the study, and it turns out it's really useful. Uh, this research might help us cure. Uh, or help us fight disease that affects about 250 million people um, in the <laughs> developing world. So, ter- and a lot with a lot of other applications. But it turns out that research is actually really useful. And so, um, this this guy, this economist, was mocking it as a waste of money and saying that this is more important than the deficit's more important than science funding. We shouldn't be funding science, and science funding honestly is wasteful, is what he was saying. And so, first, first off, science funding has a return on investment that's huge. Um, the president usually gives the example of the Human Genome Project offering $140 for every one we spend, which is just like, I mean, I don't know anywhere that I can make $140 off every dollar I spend, but tell me where, tell me, find me a place I can do it because I'll take, I'd go into debt for that easily. Like, <laughs> it, because, I'm, I, because the thing is, well, you make that, if, you, if, if you're going to make the money back, we should be paying for it. So we get the benefit of first, we get the science. That's good for us to start off with. And secondly, if it pays for itself, that's even better. If it yeah. pays, it can, it can help us pay off the debt if we fund the science. Yeah, that, that was the argument I had with uh, the economists. Do they not understand discovery for discovery's sake? You know, like it, it seems like a lot of money at this point, but we don't mm-hmm. actually, these are models usually. Like you, you're oh. studying. Mm-hmm. A small population of whatever you're studying is this. this well, we animal. can't predict. We snails. can't predict what yeah, it's going to be. We can't predict what any given project is going to turn out to be worth. Yeah. No. If you're, like, the ARPANET was originally developed to to keep the DoD running in the event that several installations had been nuked. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and you know nobody had thought you know it'd be great we could we could we could do with this someday is create a global network where everyone could communicate and send pictures of their cats to each other and yeah. start and right. start billion dollar companies in that global network. I was thinking of the cats, but fine, go with the company. <laughs> yeah, right. Go, go, yeah, but that's the point, though. It's like uh, the research should be for research, research's sake, but I don't think the level of debate is there right now. I, I think we're talking so much about money, and the, the lucky thing about this is we do have the winning argument. It does pay itself off. 
So we can do research for research's sake. And you know what? We're going to discover the next ARPANET. We're going to discover the next human genome project. And the thing is, that research will pay itself off. And we don't actually, money isn't really a big calculus, like, isn't a big worry. We should be funding science because it's a better, infrastructure is a good investment. Things like that. Uh, family planning is a good investment. They'll pay themselves off. Science is even better than all of those. So we should be really doing that. I don't want to put it up against family planning. You're, you're, <laughs> you're taking two of my favorite groups of liberals and putting them up against each other. There. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you just can't, you can't make that choice. No, no, that, no that's yeah. too politically charged. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring family planning into it. Uh, it's like they only want to spend money. Like, we'll give you a million dollars if you'll cure, cure cancer. Look, let's just do some research on family planning. Yeah, okay. Like, if we can just understand what makes women pregnant in the first place, then I'll stop making babies. Well, <laughs> I, think, I think Todd Aiken didn't understand that as much, did he? <laughs> See? Hey, there's obviously a lot of education still to be done. <laughs> yeah. But no, but that, that's the thing. It's not so... We, I, I do think, I, I think we have the winning argument on science funding, which is it will pay for itself, and and that's the argument I'm making. You're speaking their language as conservatives. Did, did you sign up for yeah. the um the death the Death Star project? Is that I mean does that count as science funding? Yeah. Um, Were you on board with that on the on the uh, when that went up on the White House? I I, I saw that. Uh, I I I can't exactly remember how the White House responded, but I think they said it wasn't in their. Uh, it, just in their in their mission to make like weapons of like planetary destruction. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they, yeah, they did make I, a moral I, argument about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess, the amount of basic science that would have to go into developing yeah. a Death Star. Though. I mean, I still think yeah. I think it should be on the table. <laughs> I mean, if if we can find some hostile planets, that are sort of a key thing. Maybe, have... maybe maybe we take in stepping stones, stepping stones. Like we get to Mars first, yeah, and th- then we can start thinking a little bit bigger. If we, if we can get Alex Jones to create the rumor that the Martians are, in fact, coming for us, then we can fund the Death Star. Because it's not worth it unless you have an enemy. Well, you see, John Oliver says that, you know, as humans or Americans, possibly, we look at new uh, inventions and innovations and we think, how can we kill somebody with this? How can we this? kill somebody? <laughs> yeah, like a 3D printer. A 3D like, printer. Like, 3D that's printers great. Are amazing. Awesome. We can Let's make build a replaceable parts all to ourselves. How can we kill somebody with it, though? <laughs> it's a really good point, though, because we split the atom, and like it wasn't like hardly at any time between when we split the atom and we're like, you know, it'd be great. We could make a bomb out of it. <laughs> yeah. Like there was like zero time elapsed between when the nuclear scientists figured that out and that's a lot when, of energy. When the what Manhattan can we do with that energy? What can we do with that amount of energy? We can blow some shit up in Japan. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, sorry. So enough, enough of my cynical view of uh, humanity and what it does with technological advancement. I was curious, though, how has the transition been from high school to college? So here's the thing for me right now is I'm actually taking a year off. And that's just because there's uh, I, I just finished my sophomore year at Rice, and there's really just not enough time to do both school and what I need to on these campaigns. It just mm-hmm. – I mean – I, I realized after about two years, I need to devote myself at least for a year right now fully to getting, for example, a nonprofit up and running, getting a real, getting real campaign infrastructure up, um, so we can actually make this fight now. So fight the two bills that get introduced every year in Oklahoma with with some real real strength behind it. Fight fight the law in Louisiana. Fight the law in Tennessee. Fight for science funding nationally, and start starting to get that up, and. I really just – I needed to take time away to, to, from school to dedicate myself to it fully. Excellent. Are your parents highly supportive of, of this project? I, I mean, I, I assume that 
you needed to have them behind you uh, when you were doing this in high school. Yeah, they're behind me. Uh, it took me a little while to convince them that it was the right choice to not be in school this year, but I think they're behind me on that too now. You're not backpacking in Europe. You're going to do something worthwhile, right? Yeah, I think I'd, <laughs> I'd be vastly prouder of my son if he did this as opposed to the traditional European break. Yeah, go visit some hostels in Europe. We're getting some thunderstorms in here, so yeah. if you hear a lot of background noise and suddenly we cut out, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, your is your father in politics? I has that affected him at all? Um, I'm not, I mean, there there of course has been some pressure, but the 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 thing though is, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Like, it it you 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 don't want to uh like, I mean the the the, the long, I guess the way I put it is the long and short of it is that the repeal of this law is right. And he, he he's in support of that because it really we shouldn't have a creationism law in books, and it, it really it really is that simple. And so it's that I mean, while while people can have blowback, it, the question is say say if Bobby Jindal's upset that I'm opposing this law, well, but I think Bobby Jindal I think Bobby Jindal should be Bobby Jindal's a Brown University biology major. He's a smart man. He understands evolution. Um, he, he he should be in support of our repeal, and you shouldn't. If you're holding grudges against me for, um, or against my family for me fighting to repeal a bad law, then you're you're either a creationist a, which I can respect. I can respect your belief at least, and I'm I'm not gonna. It's not a question of it's not it's not a question of your character if you're a creationist. You're a creationist. I may I may think your belief is crazy personally, but. But the thing is, it you a, it, it's just it's one thing. But or b, if you're holding a grudge that's political, then it's that's more of an issue that's of integrity. If if you if you think if you would agree it's a bad law, you're not a creationist, but you don't want it repealed. Then then and you're going to be upset with me for trying to repeal it. Then it's a larger issue, and I wouldn't want to be on their side anyway. If 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 you can't if you can't support me for doing the right thing just because. It's politically, it might be politically inconvenient, and that's a problem to me. And so, so that's where I put it: is it's it's the right thing to do, and that that's always been the simplest calculation on this. Right, stick to your principles. Sure, yeah. yeah. What's the word? I didn't know politicians had that, but you know, I'm, I'm, I didn't know politicians I, I'm could do great that. now. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think that was an option. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they might, but who knows if they can? Yeah. I assume that Jindal has to avoid supporting science just because, not because he doesn't believe it, but because yeah. he wants to be reelected. Yeah. Right. Well, he's been reelected. He this is his second term, so may, maybe something changes. I mean, I, I recently. Got, I mean, my, the thing about Bobby Jindal is he said the Republican Party should not be the stupid party. And again, I think he's a smart. I think he's a smart man. I think he understands evolution. Um, because, hey, you don't become a Rhodes Scholar without no. being smart. Uh, like, and you don't become a Brown University biology major without understanding evolution. Right. And so. So the thing is, he he knows that evolution's real, and he said the, he said the Republican Party shouldn't be the stupid party. And so I think the first step that just seems obvious is that Governor Jindal should just get in support of this repeal campaign. It it really just makes sense. I mean, you agree? Well, obviously, yeah, well, yeah, I, I would love that. I, I I don't know about Louisiana, <laughs> but here in Oklahoma, I'm pretty sure that means your your political career is over. It's done as a Republican. Yeah, if you, take, if you take a stand uh, for science here, I don't know. We had bipartisan support this year. We 
um, we had one vote from Senator Dan Clater, Republican from Baton Rouge, and one vote from uh, a Democrat, Eric LaFleur, um, and in committee. And our bill was sponsored by a Democrat. So, hey, we, we I mean, we're, we're pulling in support from all quarters right that now. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. I don't... probably should mention that a parish means county, right? Yeah. Yes, a parish <laughs> means county. I don't know if everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Louisiana has a bit of a different system in naming our political divisions, I guess. I remember when I was in law school, there was like uh, like a recurring phrase throughout many of the books, like yeah, except Louisiana, except, except Louisiana, Louisiana, yeah, yeah. Well, well, not, not Louisiana because yeah. they had a slightly different legal system and a slight. Yeah, we have, we have, yeah, we have a different legal code than the rest of the United States, too. We're we're yeah. unique. Um, the the problem is we're also unique in some ways that we don't really want to be unique like this law. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess we're not. Tennessee joined us too, so we. We we have oh, we keep now. trying up here. Oh yeah, every uh, year, every year. Yeah. I think I think y'all have had like what twenty six bills in thirteen yeah. years. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And like our, every... our local version of the NCSE uh, here is called the Oklahomans for uh, Excellence science in Science Education yeah. (OESE), and they they beat yeah. those bills back every year. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty effective. Yeah, it's pretty. A lot of. Yeah, I, I've been impressed how. I mean, because the thing is, in Louisiana, we don't we don't usually get two bills. We didn't get two bills a year. Uh, I'm I'm surprised y'all get so many. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's pet projects for a couple of these people. Yeah, <laughs> we have some very we have some very safe theocratic districts here that. Uh, yeah. And, and every year, these scientists and all the professor emeritus from all the universities have to send a letter to the capital saying, "Please don't kill science please, again." Please, please, please. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a recurring. Thing and uh, but but for the efforts of the OESC, I, I think we'd have got steamrolled a long time ago. I think so too. Yeah, it, it would get a committee. Yeah, because you know once it gets at a committee, I mean it's over. Pretty, it's almost over because they can get support with you know mm. they can get a majority vote pretty easily. So you always have to get them while they're in committee. Just don't even let it go. Just stick right here. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was. I felt like it was a close one last time around. So it did. Um, the last one yeah. we got was kind of like but, what you're talking about. But it was very broad. Like he mm-hmm. did, there were actually there were two. They were the exact same. Uh, they were really close to the same frame. One of them was very detailed, and it, it started in the Senate, and the other one started in the House, and it was very broad, and it just sounded like, we want better science. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it it didn't say particular things. It didn't say it didn't cite evolution. It didn't say anything. It just said we went better. The specific better. one had like five different areas that they yeah. talked about. It was like uh, evolution, climate science, human cloning, origin of life, and then what would be the because those are the four in Louisiana, and I don't know what they might have thrown in as it might a be fifth. abiogenesis. I don't know. But, oh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that, that one. Probably. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, I don't uh, know. But human yeah. cloning was the one that really got human me. cloning was the funny one. Yeah, I think end of life issues might have been in there, and I'm like, well, how is that science thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, because the human cloning is the biggest uh, dead giveaway of what these laws are actually for. Because it's like they, the creationists can pretend that evolution might be a controversy, but it's sort of hard to pretend that cloning is a scientific controversy. We've cloned yeah. a sheep. Like the thing is, it can be it can be done. The question is not whether it can be done. That's not it's not scientifically controversial. The big question is whether yeah. that's ethical. Now, the, the the when when you bring when you make that point clear. It, it also becomes clear this isn't about uh, teaching the science controversy like they claim this is. It's about teaching the ethical – it's about the ethical and political and religious controversies, which are very different and shouldn't really be 
part of science class. So we can teach about Dolly the sheep without discussing without like, and we don't we can teach that we can do that, and that actually has zero bearing on what the ethical ramifications are, and that's not what science class is about. Right. <laughs> science class is about the science. A lot of time I, I hear from people, uh, you know, what are you what are you afraid of uh, if we do teach the controversy? Like, if you're so confident that Michael Behe's arguments are, are BS, which I am, what, what, <laughs> what would be the problem with teaching them to kids? Like, if, I mean, if you're so sure that, that the other side is full of crap, then why can't we just teach the controversy and the kids will sort it out? What's your uh, answer to that? So, so there's three big points. So the first is it's just a total waste of time. And if we, what, we could be teaching our kids science, um, while instead we're teaching them non-science in a science class spending public money on it. Why, why are we doing that? Secondly, it's, it, and this is sort of – this is partially an extension of the first, partially totally different. So separation of church and state, which is if we're going to teach the controversy, we'd have to teach all the different creation myths in the science class. And so it's – again, that's a huge waste of time. We don't have time for that. But secondly, you can't – you just can't do that. It's, it's religion. Science is science. There's a distinct difference. One doesn't belong in science classroom because science is just an explanation of the natural world. And we can just test this explanation. Supernatural explanations don't belong in that classroom. It's just, it, it just doesn't belong there. So it's a violation of the First Amendment. Um, and then the, the last point is that – and I, I sort of got to this a few seconds ago – but is that teaching our kids creationism will really confuse them about the nature of science and the scientific method. Because science, again, is just an explanation of how the natural world works. That's all it is. It, it's nothing more. I can – drop the ball and see it falls at 9.8 meters per second. And it doesn't, it, it shows us how the natural world works. So if you suddenly bring a supernatural explanation that cannot be tested with no, the test can't be repeated. There's no conditions that'd be falsifiable under. And you bring this to the science classroom and say it's science. Suddenly these kids are about to get really confused about what science actually is. If somehow creationism is science, then why uh, the, some of the things that have been ma made fun of is intelligent falling. Why isn't that science too? Because it's it, – these things that like – why – like if, if you suddenly mess up the scientific method and bring these things that don't fit under it into the classroom, you're suddenly not just going to confuse kids about biology, you're confuse them about physics, about chemistry and all these other things. And so some kids may survive that and come out and say – they may not understand biology at all, but they'll understand physics well and be great physicists. But others will not. It's really going to harm their education. And so that, that's the prime reason is you, you – besides hurting them in biology – you might hurt them in every other scientific field they go into if you confuse them about the scientific method. You have to start teaching them about God and how he created the world. You also got to teach them about how it's turtles all the way down. Well, exactly. The, I mean, the real hardcore intelligent design folks, they just, they just, they're just asking questions. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand how this flagellum could be so complicated. How did it get that way? You know, they're, they're, they're trying... How does it have a tail and spin? How did it know to do that? How did it know to spin its tail? Yeah. They're trying to to couch it all in scientific terms, so you won't find a whole lot of theology in uh, in Darwin's black box. No, but but you will find a, a lot of badly argued logic. A lot of like you know, if mm -hmm. we if we don't know how this happened, then it couldn't have possibly happened via an incremental process. Yeah, and and, and the, I think the problem with trying to teach that that controversy is that it's just possible that. People aren't, aren't that if you don't spin them up on the on the biochemistry first, they're not going to be able to. It, it 
I, I think I can honestly say there are some scientific controversies that are too difficult to deal with at the high school level. Well, yeah, because you're relying on the teachers to understand it as well. Well, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I honestly don't think the teachers understand. Like modern scientific controversies are incredibly complex. Right. Exactly. And uh, like you have to do a lot of science before you get to the part where you understand the controversy. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I, I can't think of any scientific controversies I'd be willing to try to teach a high school classroom about. Exactly. It's what the graduate students, the professors, the biology classes in college, again, the cutting edge stuff. And the other point about this is none of this is actually a challenge to evolution itself. It's all cutting edge controversies about parts of evolution inside the theory. Yeah. And there's no, there's no like controversy over whether, for example, radiocarbon dating is real. Right. Like the creationists yeah. want to teach. <laughs> or there's no, there's no controversy over, say, the, or the, the, the Cambrian explosion. Like, that's not actually a legitimate controversy. These are the controversies that they want to bring in the science class. Right, and they're clever enough to not mention what controversies they want to bring in. They just say yeah. criticism. Yeah. yeah, or they've stopped. Yeah, they've stopped mentioning that they don't believe the Earth is billions of years old. They, they've stopped. Uh, they, they've they've stopped talking about. I guess ir- since Dover, there's less irreducible complexity. I think. Yeah. Because that got pretty. Firmly discredited, right? But the, but yeah, they just Wonderful. they they claim it's controversial and it's about academic freedom for teachers to teach all the evidence and that dissent is being suppressed and that people are afraid to talk about the controversy and this is this is all about giving teachers freedom and protection to teach the controversy that in reality is non-existent. I'm a, I'm a, I mean I'm afraid that if you if I was a high school biology teacher. Which never going to happen. But if I was, and you gave me the chance to teach the controversy, I, I would demolish creationism. Yeah. And, and I would, I would have, I be highly interactive. I'd have the students up there giving presentations, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the science side would win just on the merits. Yeah. And then a lot of kids would go home and be like, Mom, I don't believe God created the world anymore. And just, can you imagine how badly this would backfire? If it was actually done by a real scientifically minded uh, instructor, it would be terrible for yeah, them. Yeah, but when you're in Muldrow, Oklahoma, do you expect to find exactly. that teacher? Exactly. <laughs> Muldrow, Oklahoma is not going to have that that teacher, so yeah. we need to be cognizant See, of that. Yeah. Well, the, the problem I don't have y'all seen the polling on uh, evolution being taught in schools. So about 60% of science teachers do not teach evolution, and not just in Louisiana, but all around the United States, don't teach evolution fully or don't teach it at all because A, they don't know enough about evolution or yeah. B, they're afraid. Right. And then on top of that, another 13% willingly admit to teaching creationism. And again, this is not just Louisiana. This is across the country. 13% of teachers have responded to a poll, a Gallup poll, saying they taught creationism in their classroom blatantly. Wow. And so... And no science? They didn't teach the science at all? They just taught creationism? <laughs> well... They, they, I mean, they claim that science, but it's not. Yeah. And they, but they, uh, you, I, I mean, I but don't know exactly. the controversy though. Were they, were they like, well, well, here's, here's science, and but, but I don't believe that. I believe this, or did they just? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how the, the pro- question was phrased. Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure, but the problem is it. I think it was just asked, do you teach evolution? Do you teach creationism? Do you teach both? I don't even think they asked, do you teach both? They just asked. How like how you teach evolution? Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, it would help to have more questions with a broader range of responses, give us a better picture of exactly what's happening. But even then, sixty percent of teachers saying we don't teach evolution fully, another thirteen percent 
saying straight out they teach some form of creationism, intelligent design. That's just scary numbers. That Those is, are scary numbers. That is really disturbing. Yeah, but when you talk to people, adults, and you ask them, you know, do you understand evolution? I mean, not that. I mean, I don't know the statistics right off the top of my head, but not that many people understand fully what natural selection is or who understands anything they learned in high school yeah exactly unless you went on to specialize in it precisely you know some some of these things just aren't applicable in your daily life i don't think i could do trig anymore and i have a math degree (laughs) i know i could i have have to spin up social science to tutor my kids on (laughs) i mean if you don't use it you lose it that's true for everything that's true Mm -hmm. the only reason i'm still familiar with biology is because i have creationists always arguing with me on the internet yeah, right. It's a terrible way to spend your time, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the guy who's uh, taking a year off of uh, college to do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to argue with him on the internet. I get to see the full real-life presentation of why Columbine happened, for example. Right. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, I, I went... The reason I mentioned, or I mentioned that again, because, I, again, with this bill coming up, I had to go dig up some of the old articles about... Uh, about the hearings on the textbooks and got reminded of that old hearing about Columbine. It was all, he also, the same guy also said it on the radio too. I, um, I, I do have to ask, what t-shirt was this kid actually wearing? Is there any, any evidence on what he was wearing? I don't know. I think he might have actually been wearing a natural selection t-shirt. Oh, wow. But, yeah. uh, it's still but a terrible the, argument. But yeah, yeah <laughs> it's like, the thing though is that still has no bearing on whether evolution is science at all. We, we, uh, I, I can see it all in person and it's all... It's astounding. Some, and another thing we haven't talked about is some of the stuff that's taught in voucher schools funded with public money. Mm-hmm. So um, my favorite school, one in Florida, Evolution is the Way of the Heathen. Um, a school in Louisiana called Scientists Sinful Men. Schools in Indiana are be- taking kids to the Creation Museum on field trips. And they're oh. funded with the, – and the thing is these schools are being funded with millions of public dollars. Right. And it's just it's, – it's, that thing is it's like – Private schools can teach what they want. And so that, that this is the thing. It's like I don't have to like a private school saying that humans live with dinos. As, yeah. long, as, it's, as long as everyone going there is paying their money, is, pay, is not being funded by the state, it's not violating the separation of church and state, I don't have to like it, but it's their right. I can't mm-hmm. really – I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. The, th- the thing though is suddenly when we start giving these schools hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars – then that's not really okay. We shouldn't be funding these schools. No, I, that's where I draw the line to sort of a strict uh, separation approach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although I'm sad. I'm sad for the kids that end up at these schools anyway. I feel I feel terrible. Yeah. But, and it feels I mean, weird yeah. giving them a degree too, you know. Yeah, because I mean, how do you, I mean when you when you go to like one of those kinds of schools where you don't you don't learn real, real science, then basically where do you go after that? You go to like Liberty University or. Oral Roberts University or yeah. some OBU or some crap, and then probably and then go teach theology to children or something. What do you do with your life? Well, the thing is, a lot some schools don't like not like some public schools. Even the UC system went to court to be able to say some of the stuff taught at these schools doesn't actually count as like a legitimate like high school course, and they don't have to accept it as real graduation credit. Therefore, they can say these students haven't graduated yet, and we don't have to accept it to our school. And this isn't just private schools saying this, because private schools can all private colleges can always do that. These are public universities that went to court and won to have the ability to basically reject students because of the quality of the school they went to, because it's just so bad. You said it was California. Um, California, yeah. I th- I th- 
I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's that UC. Stearns versus Association of Christian Schools International. Uh, where can where can we uh, read more of your stuff, hear, uh, learn more about you? I've got two websites up right now. RepealCreationism.com focuses on the, um, on the Louisiana Science Education Act and creationism laws. Um, CreationistVouchers.com has information. It's a database of all these school vouchers we found that are teaching creationism across the country. It's, it's over 300 vouchers now. Voucher schools receiving potentially hundreds of millions of dollars. And there's probably hundreds or thousands more schools receiving public money that we just haven't managed to find. Right. But that, that our, our list of what we've discovered, just basically looking through school websites, we put up on creationistvouchers.com. Oh, wow. And so the new campaign that's going to be focusing more heavily on science funding, we're working on getting a website up soon, and that's going to be secondgiantleap.org. And we're we're putting that we're getting that online as soon as we can. So who's more fun to hang out with, uh, uh, Bill Maher or Bill Moyers? Uh, uh, do I have to answer that? <laughs> no, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> Bill Maher. Bill Maher is really funny. Bill Moyers was just intimidatingly intelligent. He was. He, right. he, Moyers just radiated intelligence, and it was it was just clear. Like you you got in the room and just like Eddie started talking, you just went like. Wow, this guy is smart, and like, and you just knew it. Um, <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that that was my experience with them. That's cool. Actually. Yeah, I really I really liked Bill. Bill Maher was a lot of fun, uh, and it, that that was just it, it was great. He he he's he's really just good with his one liners all yeah. the time. No, are you excited about coming to Free OK? We haven't really even yeah about that. Yeah, I'm really excited. I I discussed coming up to Oklahoma this year. Before all the bills got killed, yeah. and I think I think we're planning something preemptively before next spring when the bills will get reintroduced. Because honestly, we've had bad stuff happen. We we've been embarrassed internationally. We've had scientists leave. We've had conventions pull out of our state. We're hurting our students. We like this is what's happened because of the creationism law in Louisiana. And I think some of the Oklahoma legislators would benefit from hearing that. And so it's gonna be it's gonna be good to be up in Oklahoma and help begin the process of educating them about why it's bad to copy Louisiana in this. Well, we'd love to have you. We would love to have you. And if you need help arranging a, a, an event venue or anything like that, uh, we're both on the AU board here, and Amy Breeze is also on the board. So yeah. you've got connections. Awesome. Yeah, I guess say copy Louisiana's food, copy our music, don't copy our creationism law. <laughs> I do love your food. Yeah, we do need more food like yours. Oh, Louisiana <laughs> hot sauce, man. Oh, yeah. Best damn hot sauce. Yeah. And, I, and I come from Tabasco country. That's a good line. You go around, this, go around the world, uh, America, giving that line out. Yeah, cop, yeah, copy our music, copy our food. <laughs> copy our orgiistic parades, but don't copy <laughs> Right on. Sounds like it. Well, I think yeah. I think we got it all covered, man. Is there anything else you want to tell us about before we wrap up? We went through we went through a lot of different stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. Well, well, we'll get it all edited together, and you'll find that the final product makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. it'll be more tightly. Yeah, together. It's I'll not live. Any, any of the rambles I did will be gone. We take lots of liberties with editing, you know. <laughs> yeah, but by the end we'll have you coming out in favor of dinosaurs. Yeah, uh, being saddled and ridden around or something. <laughs> no, that's not, what, that's not what we'll do. Well, we look forward to meeting you in June yep. at Free OK. Thanks for coming out. Thanks yeah. for coming on our show. I really appreciate it, man. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Great to meet y'all. You bet. Have, have a great a good one. night. You too. The Oklahoma Atheist 
Godcast is produced by the Oklahoma Atheists. The mission of the Oklahoma Atheists is to develop a community of individuals and families who value and promote critical thinking, free thought, reason, and a scientific worldview, and who seek to have a positive effect on the community at large through fellowship, rational discussion, community service, and education. For more information, please visit our website at www.oklahomaatheist.com. The music for today's show is from the song God is Dead by Jaron Lake and is reproduced here under a Creative Commons license. Jared's music in the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast are hosted courtesy of the Internet Archives Community Audio Collection, available at www.archive.org. To join discussion about the ideas presented in today's show, please visit our blog at blog.oklahomaatheist.com.